Welcome back to Wilderness Wonder. We are nearing the end of our emotions mini-series, so I'm going to begin today by recapping where we've been with it. In the first episode of this mini-series, we talked about following our emotions. With the imagery of dipping your head into the water after a big breath to see another perspective of what's going on at our core. The next week, we talked about creating safety for our emotions when it doesn't necessarily feel safe to dip into the waters like that yet. After that, I did a State of the Podcast episode, and this is where I announced a new air date for Wilderness Wonder, um, which means that now we will be airing these episodes on Monday mornings, which isn't technically an episode that's a part of the miniseries. It was just kind of right there in the middle. But that brought us to our first... Monday podcast episode where I introduced the four-step practice of uncovering the truth that cannot be seen. This practice is one I have decided to dive into a little bit more on my Instagram, so if you want to head over and take a look at that, you can find me both at Amber Redmond, and you can also find the podcast at Wilderness Wonder Podcast on Instagram. Now, this week, we're going to move from emotions to thoughts which is where we've been leading all along. So far, I have tried helping you unlink emotions from thoughts because I think emotions are meant to be trusted. But today, we're going to discuss how thoughts might not always be true. And I'm going to guide you through what that looks like in our sacred garden and then share four questions I found from Byron Katie which I'll link to in show notes, that I find to be helpful in finding truth when our thoughts are kind of off the rails. Next week is our last week in this mini-series, and my prayer for this autumn mini-series is that it has helped you uncover some of the things that positivity mindset may have made you scrunch down into the recesses of your soul. Let's get into it. I recently found this quote um, in my war room in some old papers from my war room by Leanna Tinkersley, and I thought that this was perfect for this episode. She wrote, if we wake up one day and realize we don't really know what we want or what we think about things, doesn't that mean perhaps the rules didn't serve us? Um, This quote is from Brazen, and... Brazen is the book that has the chapter about self-possession that I've shared a lot before. And it's just kind of this idea of figuring out who you are and figuring out what it is that you like and that you think. And the reason why I'm sharing that is because Byron Katie says thoughts are recycled. And that's definitely true. Thoughts that we have about ourselves are things that have been said about us that we have counted as truth, which means that not all of them 
are true. So what are thoughts in the garden? Thoughts are seeds, and sometimes they're tossed around by those around us. And some of them we have planted, and others we may have planted but never watered. And that's why thoughts are recycled, (laughs) because they're not always coming from us or from God, which means that they're not always true. So some thoughts are invasive species. If we let them run wild, they'll choke out what we're trying to plant or build up. This makes me think of when we just moved into our new house, there was this bush in the side yard. And when we moved in, I didn't know what it was. So I just kind of like watched it leaf out in the spring and grow in the summer. And by midsummer, I was like, this bush is no longer a bush. It's just covered in weeds. And my friend and neighbor came over and she was like, oh yeah, no, this is not a bush anymore. There was a bush under this. And then Virginia Creeper came and basically snuffed it out. But it looked like this huge healthy bush because the Virginia Creeper had come in and just twisted its vines all the way around the bush and choked out what was originally there completely. To the point that my neighbor who shared that side yard with me and her husband came in and just took the bush entirely down. And now there is this open space in our yard that can be cultivated again. But before, this bush was like seriously (laughs) seven or eight feet tall. And it was just completely choked out by weeds. Can you think of some thoughts in your life that are like that? that are choking out the potential of growth, those ones are the ones that we are coming to tear down. They are thoughts that tell us that we are not enough and that we will never be enough. They are thoughts that tell us that we are not loved or not seen or not heard. Other thoughts that were planted in our garden long ago could be trees planted in our early childhood. Now, some of them could be beautiful forests necessary for shelter, while others could be trees that were planted that are not necessary, and instead they tower over us, telling us what to think about ourselves. And they feel like they should be there because they've been there forever. But when you really look at the tree, you realize that it is dead and it is withering and it is not necessary in your garden. Again, those thoughts are where we get out the axe. But not all thoughts are bad and not all thoughts are planted by others. Some thoughts in our gardens will be new seedlings. The things we must nourish and tend to so that they can grow and flourish. This is the new growth in the garden. And this is why we're doing this work. So how do we do this work? 
how do we go through and get rid of the invasive species and cut down the trees that are unnecessary, that are shading or dying or killing the things that we want to be growing? Well, I think that Byron Katie is a really great resource for looking at truth in our thoughts. So she shares four questions, and I will definitely link to her website in my show notes because if you find this podcast episode or this mini-series or any of my work to be helpful, I really think that you'll find Byron Katie's work to be helpful. One thing that she writes is, the work is a practice. Every time you do the work, you are becoming enlightened to who and what you are, the true nature of being. To question what you believe is an amazing gift to give yourself. And you can have it all the days of your life. The answers are always inside you, just waiting to be heard. So how do we get to those answers? We ask Byron Katie's four questions. The first question is, is the thought true? This weekend, my husband and I are on a vacation, just a little mini stay away. And as I packed to get ready for the vacation, I felt overwhelmed and anxious because I thought until the last minute that we were going to cancel. (laughs) And that was really my anxiety talking and not experience that I've had with my husband or in our relationship. So if I were to ask these questions of my thoughts, I would ask, is the thought that our trip is going to be canceled true? Well, when I asked that, I realized it's not true. My husband has never canceled a trip on me, and I have never canceled a trip on him. Then the next question Byron Katie asks is, is it helpful? Well, no, it's not helpful to believe that something that I've looked forward to all year is going to be canceled while I'm trying to prepare for it. That's the opposite of helpful, y'all. So then the third question Byron Katie asks is, how do you react when you believe that thought? Well, that's where it got really unhelpful because as I'm packing and believing that our trip is going to be canceled, I feel like what I'm doing is pointless and I get even more overwhelmed. And then the fourth question Byron Katie asks is, who would I be without the thought or belief? Well, when I did take the time to sit down and uncover what was true, I realized that my feeling of being overwhelmed was to be trusted because it was overwhelming to leave my kids with their grandma, not because it was a bad decision, but because I haven't left the baby in that long ever in his life. So this was my first time doing that. And the reality is that I could be weaning him by doing that because I didn't know whether I was going to pump or not while I was gone. So I was overwhelmed, but it wasn't by the prospect of our trip being canceled. It was by the grief that I needed to feel for leaving my youngest son for the first time. And when I let go of the belief that my husband or I would cancel on the last minute our trip, I was able to properly grieve the fact that I was leaving my son. And when I actually uncovered what was really truly making me anxious, 
I was able to also find truth in the feeling of the anxiety. That it doesn't make me a bad mom to leave my son. Or either of my sons. I'm just more used to leaving my nine-year-old because I've left him with his grandma more times. It doesn't make you a bad parent to go on a vacation. (laughs) It doesn't make you a bad person to allow yourself rest. In fact, now that I am here (laughs) in the midst of this time away, I realize how much I needed it because it's recharging me and we've only been gone for a day. (laughs) I mean, I'm able to batch episodes and rest and eat well and not be pulled by the many needs of other people. And I'm able to uncover truth in my thoughts. I believed that our trip would be canceled because I was anxious, but really what I needed to believe is how much I needed this trip. So to recap, Byron Katie's four questions are, is it true? Is it helpful? How do you react when you believe that thought? And who would I be without that thought or belief? I know that it's hard to uncover our thoughts like this, but it's necessary. It's necessary so that we can unlink the thought from the feeling because, again, I do believe that our feelings are to be trusted. I was anxious about leaving, but I was not anxious about leaving for the reason I originally thought I was. And when I was able to sit down long enough and obey the silence and obey the stillness to realize why I was anxious, I was able to come to freedom. And that is what I want for you. I hope that this practice and these questions and the imagery of what your thoughts are in the garden, the invasive species, the trees, or the new growth are helpful to you in uncovering who you are becoming. Because what we believe about ourselves shapes how we respond and react and the decisions that we make. And it affects what we believe about God. The other day I was just sitting in my porch like I do with the baby and he kind of grabs books that he can reach off the bookshelf and hands them to me. And I have a Bible that's not my Bible, but I held on to it for a friend while he was moving. And so I don't often look at it because I have a lot of other Bibles. But um, the baby brought me that Bible and I quickly grabbed it from him because I didn't want him to mess up any of the pages and started flipping through it. And I thought, it's funny how somebody else's Bible feels like a quiet Bible to me because my Bible has so many scribbles and highlights and things like that. And their Bible, I didn't do that in. And so it's quieter to me because I don't have those memories. And so I kind of flipped through the pages and I found something that my friend had highlighted in Jeremiah chapter 23. The scripture that he highlighted was God asking Jeremiah, am I a God who is far off? Or am I a God who is nearby? And that is exactly the reason why we are here. What you believe about God shapes what you believe about yourself. And what you believe about yourself shapes what you believe about God. Sometimes we have to get into our garden 
and get out the axe or get our hands in the dirt to rip things out and cut things down so that we can find what God is building up in there. Because not all of our thoughts are scattered seeds by others around us. Some of them, the quieter and more fragile ones, were planted by God in fertile soil, waiting to be nourished. Let's find those this week. Thank you for coming to this episode of Wilderness Wonder. If this practice is helpful to you, if you like these episodes, I have a resource for you on my website. All you have to do is sign up for my email list at amberredmond.com and a rebuilding journal will be dropped right in your inbox immediately. I think that that rebuilding journal is great. I actually fill it out once a week. And so I hope that it's a practice for you that can help you uncover some of the things that God has placed on your heart. Because the vision that God gives you is not a vision that he gives to anybody else. So let's uncover that.